Yes, 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 people. What's going on? Raps on TV. Back again. Reporting live from London. The music's still rolling. It's about to fade out, though. There you go. Engineer right on point. So what's going on, people? Back again. Uh, long, long week, it feels like, to be fair. Um, pretty busy weekend, mainly on the US side of things and a show in the UK, one show in uh, in London. Um, but happy to be here, here with my co-host, Tom, how you doing, sir? Yeah, nearly forgot my name there. No, 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 no. Something <laughs> came on my laptop. Yeah. <laughs> no, but all good, coach. Uh, good to be back. You know, bringing the energy. Uh, new and refurbished uh, headquarters, you yes, can say. I like uh, that. Raps on back again. Make sure you subscribe, follow, stay tuned to tonight's podcast. Got a special guest. I'm gonna let him in- introduce himself uh, at Raps on TV on all platforms. And uh, yeah, leave it at that. I was going to say, don't do him the guy like that, man. You've got to build him up, do a bit of a drum roll for him, you know what I mean? We're talking about South London's finest. Jeez! Coming out of Brixton, representing Spiders, (laughs) WBA. Great knockout, stepped up. Man like Craig Richards, a pleasure to have you in the building. It's been a while, but really happy to have you here, man. I appreciate that, man. How you doing, champ? I'm good, man. I'm good. Just out here and, you know, we working always. I like that. You know, so, yeah, I've done my training sessions for today Mm -hmm. and now we're here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're going to get into the summer. Everybody's had a a busy summer, but we saw you down in Jamaica. White parties, (laughs) black parties. (laughs) So, obviously, having fun, that's good to see as well. But you came back, you're straight back into training. I mean, how easy was it for you to adjust and just kind of get back into the swing? Not easy, you know. I'll be honest, it wasn't easy because... um, as everyone always knows, I don't really take any breaks at all. And even when I go on holiday, um, I usually train. Like last holiday, I went, I went to New York. But every morning, I was in a boxing gym till later afternoon. Then I'd go out after that. So I was, I'm always in camp 24/7. So Jamaica's been actually my first holiday holiday um, in my career. The rest is more training camps or boxing as well. So when I come back with the time zone difference and the jet lag. I got straight back in on the Monday and I just, I felt exhausted. <laughs> I felt exhausted. I'm not going to lie. It took its toll on my body. So it was a bit of a, like a change of location, you know, moving out, you know, to, obviously we'll come into the States, talk about the, the inter kind of gym sparring there. Um, but yeah, like your holiday in Jamaica, mm-hmm. was that just a, a kind of a, a phase to have, you know, that bit of rejuvenation? Yeah. Yeah. Because I thought, you know what, if I go to all these other countries, because I always want to learn my crafts. So if I go to a lot of these countries like America now, I always know that if say like I'm in New York, this used to be like the mecca of boxing. I've got to see what it's about. I've got to see what the fighters are about. I need to glove up. I'm bringing my stuff. Mm. My gum shield's always in my bag, no yeah. matter where I go. But I thought if I go somewhere like Jamaica, I can. It's nice sun, sea, and good food. I can just relax and just you know go out with some friends and just relax and enjoy myself for once, rather than be boxing related. So I kind of chose there, and it was good. It done just that. It took like obviously I did still go gym a couple of days, but nothing boxing. Um, yeah, done the trick. And what's the cultural heritage like in Jamaica? Like, what's the, I mean, kind of like looking at the the exotic side of Jamaica. But mm-hmm. did you get a chance then to kind of you know go along the the shores, do a little bit of kind of say yeah. warm weather training? In, yeah, in well, I I did go down the the shores and that, but I didn't um do anything like 
extraordinary. Men, um, sat with a couple of the locals, spoke to them, spoke to them, see how, see how it is for them, um, what they're getting up to. And life's different over there. And one thing I realised when I was in Jamaica is that we don't live life here. Yeah. We, um, all we do is we just work to survive, oh, to swim bills. above water, pay bills. Mm. And the time the weekend comes, you're so tired from the week. You don't even want to see anyone. You just want a day to rest. Yeah. So you don't really live here. But when Jamaica, like, even they're working, so they got their little, say for they got their barbecue store. There was a guy, he had, like, live lobsters and crabs. He's picking up from the cage to cook on there. And say it's, like, £40 for the lobster, and he's got regular customers. They sit out there 24 hours, they're just sitting there relaxing with their friends, yeah. cracking jokes. They make their money. They're not in a rush. They just relax, yeah. listen to their music, and they just live life and enjoy right? life every day. Yeah. And that's not what we do yeah. over here. So it just kind of gave me an insight. That's why it's good to travel, just give you different insights of exactly. what different people are doing. In a way, that's what we call plugging out the matrix, right? You kind of go to a different country say how they live do you know what i mean appreciate like they're just the natural foods the sunshine people realize or don't realize how important that is and what that does for just your social element your mindset so 100%. yeah i'm pretty certain when you were back and i'll say back home because the roots of jamaica right? yeah yeah so that's back home for you no doubt um i'm yeah. sure you were feeling really refreshed um doing a bit of press ups running yeah. on the beach <laughs> and me getting it going good yeah. old jerk so yeah, yeah. nice no, good um but before we go on with the interview just wanted to say to the listeners um today's agenda we're going to be touching on the fury fight um obviously i think the major news out of that yeah. was the cut that he suffered um obviously also devin haney he fought on a disown card on friday um and he's apparently he's got a pending visit to the uk so we'll touch on his sort of what would we say potentially 2019 what the rest of the year can have for him um, and we'll also go into the Warren card potentially some opponents for Craig David, uh, Craig Richards sorry in terms of Cody Davis and Shaqan Pitters um, but yeah really looking forward to that so guys do not forget if you're going to call in today number is 01506353955 and the lines will be open at 8 o'clock I know it's a Champions League night so guys forget that classical music for about half an hour and get down to unboxing news um, but also subscribe to our Facebook and YouTube page so um, yeah definitely like I said um, good to have you in the studio Craig um, it's been a long time watching yourself um, obviously I've linked you for tickets in the past as well yeah, yeah. Um, I mean how I want to say the last 12 months it was around a year when you were first supposed to have the Jake Ball fight yeah. that got cancelled then yeah. you fought him earlier this year yeah um, and then you had the Sterling fight. I mean, yeah. the last 12 months, how have you, do you look back in your career? What's your, your actual thoughts on it? My thoughts was, um, I took the short notice fight, um, Cardiff, um, about a year and a half ago uh-huh. um, against Frank. Um, and Good I remember point. that day, I remember even having two breakfasts trying to make the weight. <laughs> and I was only still, I got in the ring probably only like 12, four. I was small at the weight I still super middleweight realistically even a small super middleweight because most super middleweights even get in the ring heavier than that and I remember going back to the drawing board thinking to myself if I'm going to be like this is the first time I've done 12 rounds without a training camp and a lot of times it's the super middleweight um, I felt drained um, I was uh, lower than my natural body weight so I was losing punch power coming fight week um, so it weren't all adding up and I remember after that thinking you know what the fact I can do 12 rounds out of training camp, imagine I grow back into my natural weight. So I went back to the drawing board and done all of that. And then um, if you look at leading up to the Sterling fight, I had four fights at light heavyweight, all winning records. And I stopped all of them within three rounds. So I realized my punch power was back. Mm-hmm. My energy system was back. Um, and everything was just different. My training was harder. Like I could train harder for longer. And I'm just complete different character. Mm, yeah. So it's like certain times people will think oh do you know what i can beat him 
because I see flaws at him at super middleweight. Mm. But it's like, you might as well scrap that whole guy. You're yeah. fighting a whole different, different kettle of fish. Mm. But when you look at me at light heavyweight, everyone's yeah. touched the canvas. Yes, yeah, Everybody's touched the canvas. And yeah. uh, most of them, um, n- more than 90% of them, four mm. out of five have gone been knocked out within three rounds. Yeah. And even the ones who got knocked out within the three rounds was hitting the canvas mm. even before that, yeah. before they finally got stopped. Mm. Yeah, it's true. So, so you can see... When you look at it at light heavyweight, yeah. considering all most the best light heavyweights we have, mm. I've beat the most domestic champions. Yeah, I've been tried point. and been tested. I've yeah. beat the most champions yeah. in the weight. I've been tried, I've been tested. So it's um, a situation people think always feel to prod for me, mm. but I just think I'm not I'm the wrong one. Wrong no. one. And, and psych- like psychologically, physically, although the transition may be from 168 to 175, mm-hmm. seven, eight pounds, mm-hmm. more or less. I mean, what what would you say was the harder thing, knowing that you, you were maturing as a fighter mm-hmm. when you moved up in weight, you mm-hmm. were carrying that punch power, yeah. compa- comparing that to, say, when you had to deplete yourself to make 168, you know, having a big frame, having to sort of reduce your, I suppose, your, your mass, really, your density. Yeah. Yeah. How would you kind of compare the two? The problem, I wasn't allowing my body to grow at super middleweight. One thing I was doing, I was sitting around weight off and on season. Mm-hmm. So even when I wasn't fighting, mm-hmm. I would only blow up four pounds, wow. five pounds max yeah. above the super middleweight limit. Mm-hmm. Which is a good thing, Which right? is a good thing, because yeah. I'm making the weight pretty easy. But mm-hmm. what I wasn't allowing my to do is I wasn't replenishing my body properly yeah. again and starting camp properly. Yeah. That's why I could take the fights, short notes. I had a few mm-hmm. fights, because what even happened with that fight what I took it on short notice I had mm-hmm. a fight scheduled a few weeks before mm-hmm. just a little six rounder yes. it got cancelled um, I think it was against Tyrone Booth yeah. and it got cancelled he came in too light mm. I was out of camp yeah. I got a call on a Tuesday Wednesday yeah. saying look are you still fit enough for a four rounder mm. for Belfast and mm-hmm. for, for Saturday I said you know I can always get through four yeah. I said that put me in <laughs> you know yeah, they yeah. put me in show me the money yeah, yeah. <laughs> the money's there I'm, exactly I'm there <laughs> so yes. I went out there and yeah. I I went Belfast, just me and Peter Sims, and we went over there, mm-hmm. and I got my guy out within three rounds. Mm-hmm. At that point, we had found out, um, unfortunately, Callum Johnson wasn't well. Mm-hmm. Um, one week out from his box office fight for the Commonwealth and British, yeah. they've both done a 12-week camp, mm-hmm. you know, um, and we already had, there was already problems with the card because of Joshua's opponent got changed and Tackham filled in. Uh, yes, so yeah, then we couldn't yes. now scrap the British title as well mm-hmm. on the card because it's a pay-per-view card. Yeah, so... Yeah. Uh, when I got presented this look, mm. w- you need someone who needs to yes. jump in here. And I yeah. said, you know what? I ain't trained for this fight, but I believe that mm. untrained or trained, yeah. I can go out and beat anyone. And you'll find out you that level. That mindset, though, you, you? Like, you need that mindset. Yeah. I might have been, well, I could say I might not have been, I could have been a bit ambitious, mm. but considering I wasn't at the weight, the guy had more than double my experience. Yes. Um, but the opportunity presented itself. The opportunity and presented I think myself. And that's what I'm here. I'm not a cherry picker. I know yeah, I was 10 yeah. and 0 at the time. Yeah. I could have said, no, nah, let me protect Keep my record. Home. Let me uh, make sure not me take no risks. Yes. But I went in there and mm. performed done my 12 rounds, mm-hmm. um, 116, 113, whatever, yeah. on points. And I said, all right, cool. Where have I gone wrong here? Mm. Um, took the fight um, short notice. But that's because... I'm always keeping myself at reasonable, around a reasonable weight. I'm always in good nick. That's why I took that on last notice. Took that one five days. I remember when I got presented the fight, we was in the bar. Obviously, I wasn't drinking. I don't yeah. drink. But me, Eddie, and everyone was in the bar. This was two o'clock in the morning. They yeah. said to me, look, 
Mm. This is it. I said, look, if I am going to take it, I need to get to bed. It's half two and it's two in the morning. You're talking about next week. So I went to my hotel, slept on it, woke up in the morning, said, yeah, you know what? Just put me in. I was in Ireland at the time, Mm. flew in that night, went to the gym Monday, sparred Mm. four rounds, Tuesday sparred four rounds, then went out to Cardiff, uh, public workout, presser, weigh-in, and I fought. So I trained two days for my first 12-rounder against the British champion. So... um, I mean, so I mean, and just want to stop you there because, again, when you look at that as a, as a defeat, as it were, and it's obviously your only defeat, <laughs> there's still some positives in it in the sense yeah. that you went 12 rounds, mm-hmm. you've gone up div- yeah. division yeah. last minute. So clearly, even that loss for you was something. There was something that sparked in your brain. Yeah. So you know what? I think I can hang it with these guys. Well, if I can do, if I can hang mm. with the best at the time. British champion at light heavyweight Mm. when I was an inexperienced super middleweight yeah yeah, untrained Mm -hmm. yeah and he's done a full camp and go 12 rounds and he's shown his power when he He shows his power he he knocked out 15 out of his 23 Mm. uh, fights he's knocked out he's got a high knockout percentage ratio so this one the biggest punch is at the weight above me yes exactly more experience Mm. and I've stepped in and come short on points never got hurt never got hurt at any point you know Mm. um at any point so it was just like it was just a fitness he just was busier in the rounds you know and that was the difference so that showed me at that point I can do 12 rounds untrained against the champion at the weight above so obviously I took a lot of positive from there but I never used that to think right I'm ready to go I thought but what did I what did I do wrong what can I improve build into the weight now you got to build into the weight properly touch up certain things and we're ready to go and at that point I done that um, up my training, up to everything else, and that's why I just started dispatching of everyone at the weight. And this is why a year later, after after fighting my first light heavyweight fight, I'm practically the number one domestic fighter now. Exempt the freeze moved up to world level. Yeah, was that the? Do you think that was the light bulb uh, switching that you needed in your career, knowing that you were coming up against Buglioni, who is an experienced campaigner. Yeah, he shared rings with world level fighters. He boxed for a world title. Boxed for that. a world title, knowing that you were underprepared. But no, in your, I suppose, in your mind, you probably thought walking into that fight, you you, you have the the capabilities of putting up a, a great test. You know, mm-hmm. really go taking Buglioni to deep waters, mm-hmm. showing yourself the the potential that you could sh- showcase on such a, a big yeah. a big uh, platform. You know, profile. And I think a lot of people in the boxing world probably give you a lot of plaudits yeah. for taking the fight, knowing that you were moving up. Mm-hmm. It was Buglioni who many deemed at the time before he fought Johnson that he was, you know, the, 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 the real... Yeah, yeah, the real deal. So, yeah, um, yeah, I did. I took I took a lot of positives from that because I look at it, if any other fighter, even in our division now, done that, didn't train for a 12-rounder mm. and jumped in the ring, they, I'm 100% they'll get knocked out. Uh, uh, Look at the two fights before when he won the British title. Mm. He knocked out uh, what people say one of the best domestic fighters who had a 12-week camp who was the champion. Yeah. He knocked him out. Yes, yeah. exactly. And, and as simple as that, you knocked him out. And I remember watching that because it was like, I want to say 11th or 12th round, it knocked him out. Yeah. yeah. So it was a war as well. Yeah. So it goes to show that he keeps his power. He, late, he keeps so his power from 1 to 12. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so for you, even you, you, you would have not expected. But, you know, if you'd looked at it on paper, you would have thought, well, you know what, Craig's, which is going to go in there. But maybe 10, 12, we might see him get tired. And if Buglioni's got the experience as a champion, he He'll should have. He should try to be doing that. Yeah. And I remember, because actually I remember being in Cardiff and actually didn't do, look too bad. I think the key thing for me, I remember saying, was probably just the energy. And I remembered, you're right, the fight was close. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? In terms yeah. of you just had a fight in, yeah. in Belva. So I just think maybe a, a bit more distance. 
Obviously, Buglioni retired as well. Who knows? Yeah. If we had had a full camp... If we had a full camp, I, I believe knows? it would have been different. But I do want to move on because I think one of the highlights of your career, and, and I hope people can really appreciate that, was the Jake Ball fight. Yeah, 100%. Do you know, that underdog was you really again. going up. Underdog, pure underdog. Yeah. Um, Jake Ball was giving it that, yeah, I'm going to kind of like Knock really him test out. him. Yeah. I'm I mean, too like big a for the weight. I'm a big right. puncher. He had a high knockout ratio per- yes. percentage at the time. I think he knocked out like nine out of his 12. Mm-hmm. High knockout yes. ra- um, punch ratio. He was a former GB boy, mm. you know. When I turned pro around the same time as him, okay. he was the poster boy. Mm. I was boxing on cards and my face was even on the poster and I was on the cards of his. I remember some of the next gen shows. Next well. gen, he yes. was always. He was always up the there. The guy yeah. pumped Jake Ball, the blade, the <laughs> yes, blade. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, and he had <laughs> you know? the And he in. called me out. Mm. That's what people forget. He called okay, me out I for the well, fight. I didn't realize that. So I accepted his challenge. Yeah. I, I told him, I'm, as I say, I'm not yeah. the one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and his career from mm. there went into tatters. I yeah. dropped him three times, knocked, stopped him by the third round, and I was the underground. Oh, the underdog in the well. bookies. Yeah, and, I, and that was the thing. I remember, especially the, the technique, I think, on the last one, it was like a little fade, and then <laughs> and he just literally just... <laughs> one of those looping right hands Yeah, and he top. just went down, and he just thought, okay. And I think for, for me, when I saw that, I was like, right, you know what, Richards is a player here. I think yeah. not necessarily in terms of saying, oh, he's going to dominate division, but I thought, you know what, this is clearly somebody that has brought the power up, mm-hmm. faced the challenge, because mm-hmm. like you said, you were the clear underdog going yeah. into that, and you've got to say to yourself, do you know what, with the right training, the right mindset, anything's possible at the end of yeah. the day. Do you know what I mean? When, but you, as I say to you again, look at this. After, when I beat Jake, right, mm. I got the recognition for it, 12 mm-hmm. and 1, yeah. right? Um, most fighters would have boxed opponents like him mm. for maybe a British title, right? Mm. Um, let's reverse back. Um, after I'd done 1-6 rounder, after my seventh fight, I boxed the guy 12 and 0, mm. unbeaten with six knockouts at super middleweight when I wasn't even experienced, who has a bigger amateur pedigree than me and mm. a professional pedigree to beat him for the title. That's another fight I could have boxed for the British title. Yeah. People don't understand, I've been tested mm. early in my career. Yeah, I've beaten yeah. unbeaten fights after seven fights against yeah. a guy 12 and 06 knockouts. Yeah. Even the guy I beat mm. well, as a tickover fight, the Portuguese champion, yeah. the number one in Portugal, yes, yeah, one. him, since I beat him, he mm. beat three champions and only come up short first wow. defeat the other day um, and he took it on a week notice against Martin Murray okay. and come up short the other day on points That's after taking well. it on one week notice. Yeah. I beat him on my ninth fight. Yeah. So people don't understand. I've tried and been tested. Yes, yeah. So on that, and I'm going to ask you, that, it's, that one is it's slightly controversial, but I've got to ask you, like, do you feel you're getting the push that you should, that you deserve or that the, some of your tests have, have deserved? Because no, I think, oh, well, there, there you go. And Why? No. What, what, what do you think? Where should what what should, what should we be seeing from your team, the background team, in terms of pushing you for fights? You know, what's the route? Is there a strategy? Do, do you know? Do you know what it is? It's not necessarily my team. Mm. It's the boxing world. Yeah. Everyone just listens to what other people say. Mm. So they'll look in the division. Mm. If this man vouches for him, yeah. then it's that guy. If he says he's the best in boxing, it's yeah. him. If he's the best prospect in Britain, it's him. Yeah. So it just catches on. So yeah. whoever he vouches for, yes. then everyone thinks that's the guy. Mm. They don't. No one takes their time out. Look mm. to look at your CV. Yes. 
I've just told you not like, my CV. How much people would even know that? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, especially I mean, I remember the Portuguese fighter when he was tatted up, and I remember thinking, "Yep, yeah, this is an interesting challenge for mm-hmm. you. You dispatched of him." Yeah. But I agree that I didn't. I, he kind of just went away. I yeah. No one thinks career. of this. No one yeah. thinks about my early fights beating unbeaten fighters. Yeah. No one even notices in the light heavyweight division that I've beat the most domestic champions. Mm. No one does. I don't get the credit mm. for nothing. Yeah. But you've, and you've had right. your probably your GB assessments while you've been fighting those, those <laughs> first ten fights. Yeah, yeah, I've beat. I'll, that's what I'm saying. I've yeah. had that GB do you know what it is and it's because of when I turned over I didn't come from the Olympics mm-hmm. I never come with a gold medal from the Commonwealth I never come mm. with any of that so in a selling point remember it's a business if you're selling mm. a fighter when you're looking to sell me what mm. points are you coming to sell on yeah I mean but you say that and I was and I, this was down the list but I have yeah. to retort it is that your fan base is probably one of the biggest yeah. like, outside of do you know what I mean? Like, let's say a world champion level mm-hmm. fighter, like yeah. your fan base, yeah. we see people wearing the t-shirts, mm-hmm. you see a bunch of noise, whether it's yeah. your call, yeah. O2, yeah. like, they so, buy to his story. Like I think they're 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 more the people the the guys that go to York Call they go to the O2. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. more in touch with Craig because they probably yeah. see you know that they, he hasn't been spoon fed this whole exactly. GB that, uh, pedigree or exactly platform. that, pla- that, that Because do you know the 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 good thing of what I've done mm. when you beat live opponents? Mm. Look, you beat a journeyman. Mm. He's coming maybe with his one mate at best. Yeah. yeah? Mm. When you're beating these live opponents, they're bringing, they're bringing people from their country. They're bringing everyone from their area. Yes. They're doing their 200, 300. Yeah. So when you're beating these opponents, their mm. fan, some of their fan bases now mm. become your fans. Yes. yes. So this is why my fan base is growing. So yeah. behind the scenes, yes. all the pieces of the puzzles are getting put together. Put together. Exactly. It's just yeah. that until the guys at the top start mm. pumping and yeah. pushing my name, mm. the rest of the casuals won't be talking my name yeah. so much. Yes, I mean that's what and that's what work guys like us are here to do really because we want to bring the exposure through all levels yeah. and not even just from the UK. You know, I mean, I know obviously your pro, I say your promoter's got deals with the uh, zone and such forth, but I really want to see a bit more of a crossover. Yeah. So guys like yourself getting a bit of an opportunity out in the states. Do you know what I mean? Not saying like head head in a card co-main, but you know even if you're the third First fourth TV. fight, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. just yeah. get touch your waters out yeah, there, like understand. Yeah what goes on the fight fans and maybe from a technical point of view like you know the atmosphere i really think we should see some more of a crossover and guys like yourself mm-hmm. are sort of like the stories for that you know guys like chamberlain mm-hmm. um there's a lot in my opinion Leon richards there's a lot of guys out there that could really cross over it and actually build a, a bit of more of a fan base more over there fan, because i've seen a lot of like a couple american fighters i've seen mm. i've seen people from america there mm. they've come up to me and said Spider Richards. Mm. I saw your fight on the zone. Yeah. Good fight, man. You see? And you're like, oh, right. Yeah. You saw it on the zone. Yeah, it was on the zone, man. Yeah. Like, okay. And I'm like, oh, I'd even, re- I'd even, yeah. you know, you don't, you hit, you see the promos yeah, of the zone USA, but you forget that they actually put it on TV in America. Bro. And that's a fair point. And that's a good thing because at least that is widening the coverage and yeah. again for your fan base. Um, because, yeah, we really want to see, I think not even in, in more exciting fights, but we want to see. Yourself, I must have to be less exciting. Well, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I was gonna say, Brexit. I've had two grudge matches back to back. <laughs> so, all right, listen, let's talk about um, and I'll let Tom get the next one, but I just want to say, um, talk about like something that doesn't get mentioned a lot is just like again, your learning and your development under the Sims mm-hmm. banner, um, as it were. I know you've got obviously mm-hmm. your friend Boxer Don, he's obviously someone that's supports for the training, but mm-hmm. him and the Sims, how much learning are you gaining in the last 12 months? Um, not just from the fights, but actually being in the gym and <sighs> massively, yeah, unrealistic. Like I, I can't even explain how much mm. the boys in that gym, mm. uh, they're serious talents. Yeah. Like they, they, not even just boxing wise. Their, mm. their uh, ability, like mm. as an athlete, mm. like when doing runs with them, 
what we're doing circuit training with them mm. they can they're machines yeah. so when you are training with them you have to push yourself to the limit it's mm. like you gotta have a pre-camp to have the camp with them yeah. <laughs> like, good, good banter as well it's right? very good banter yeah. um but we'll just banter each other on ah oh, you you come last in that race or you mm. da, 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 like and yeah. you'll get stick for the whole rest of the day <laughs> people come to gym oh do you know why man he, he's time did you hear his time this morning on the run you're thinking, okay. oh mate yeah. so you have no choice but to push on and you gotta remember some of the boys i talked to in the gym although i wasn't from that gb and olympian there was mm. boys who was mm. and most of them was in the gb squad most of them was olympians mm. you got guys probably in the gb squad from nine years 13 years mm. etc you got obviously even joe cordini he just come out of the olympics exactly. he was yeah. in the squad for a while mm. you got all these boys so even down to the smallest things mm. of talking to them about recovery talking to them about nutrition yes. talking yeah. to them about strength resting when to do what mm just the little conversations they're helping you level up yeah oh why are you doing that oh what my mom is doing no you're like oh Oh, i didn't even realize so it's like when you're around top athletes it rubs off and you're getting so that's where that comes from so it's not necessarily obviously i'm getting great sparring Mm -hmm. with the boys um Mm -hmm. in the gym anyway because i've got the boys um i got boys in the gym who's turned up pro after me i've got seasoned veterans who's been before me so you're getting a mixture of the spa with the fresher fires like john doherty yeah. and then you're also getting the seasoned pros like john Ryder. so it's it's such a good mix of learning so much in that yeah. gym that kind of leads me to my next question because you got i mean the low the lower weights you got joe cordina charles frankham uh, probably put Ted Cheeseman in that in that Martin mix, J. but he's Ward. more kind of Martin Felix, J. Ward, um, Ricky well. Burns, Felix, Felix Burns. Cash, Connor Ben. Yeah, and I think as well, like knowing that, you know, with your with your own career, you've had a bit of frustration where these fights haven't materialised. When it comes to sparring, the way Peter Sims navigates, you know, the sparring gets you into into shape, you know, gets that top elite level, you know, sparring. How how difficult can it prove when? You know, you've got these lighter guys that are probably working more on your technical, your speed, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But getting rugged, you know, one seven five fighters into the gym. Yeah. Is it is there any problems ever with like attracting these guys into the matchroom? I, I often spar I get I have a very big light heavyweights, cruiserweights, and then I'll touch up more of my speed work with the likes of maybe like a John Doherty or if um depending on our weights at the time, maybe a Felix Cash. Um and I get speed. I got speed work in the gym constantly, like that. But then, these boys are very tough. They can hold their own anyway. They're not just speed. They got power. They got, you know, they're strong athletes. And then yeah. I also always bring in a lot of cruiserweights for the the more weighty guys, the bigger punchers. Mm. Um, I'm, I always mix it. Yeah. So if I do a lot of rounds and I mix my sparring with a lot of people doing rounds, I make sure I've got a few lighter guys, a few heavier guys, and a few like big punches at my weight too and uh get a good balance yeah keeping camp fresh you know having having rollover spars um i mean well now especially when you're going into the championship distances you're going to have your 8 10 12 week camps mm-hmm. from from boxing fans boxing pugilists however you want to kind of describe us um how kind of like knowing what a boxer goes through day in day out mm-hmm. changing things up i mean do you ever kind of feel like sometimes a little bit of a dampener on the on the camp where you probably there's some days you're you're doing something repetitive or do you find that instrumental having you know exercises drills that just go over the same fundamentals it's funny because we do things kind of the same but we don't do anything repetitive so each week we know what we're doing but it's a different from the last week then we switch it up so it's hard to explain i don't know to steal our ideas <laughs> but it's never too repetitive yeah but it's very effective so when we go for a camp we've got a camp plan and 
it gets us ready to the tee. When you look at all the boys in the gym, the one thing you don't see them do is fade. Yeah. You see in their fights, like win, lose or draw, they're fit, they're strong, they're getting out 12 rounds out, you know? And they're enjoying their holidays. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, obviously the method that we've got in the gym is working. Yeah. Uh, do, do you feel that formula that, I suppose, because at the end of the day, you know, Tony can't really do everything on his own. He's got to have the guys like Boxer, uh, Boxer Don, you've got Peter in the gym, you've got even, I suppose, the, the management side of things, the advisors, etc. Charlie's yeah. obviously in there with yeah. you guys. You know, it, you see you see fighters, they, they build such a good, close-knit relationship with their trainer. Yeah. I mean, how important has Peter been to you? I know he's a guy that probably doesn't get a lot of credit, as much credit as what he deserves. You know, when you look at it in hindsight, like, when I was... Um, amateur had a small amateur pedigree and it was like a lot of people knew i was talented but when you're not coming with the olympic cv and the gb stuff a lot of top trainers won't want to sign you um peter had come and watched me in the amateurs so he watched my talent yeah in the amateurs and he said i know you ain't got a big thingy but i could see you're talented i'll sign you everyone else wouldn't have really gave me that looking he's the one then got me onto matchroom introduced me to matchroom etc put got me on the shows and from there obviously i proved myself yeah time yourself. and time and time out with the tests i was thrown yeah. because obviously i'm not olympian then no one wants to waste their time or invest into a fighter if he's not going to be worth it or meant to be at that level yeah. so i know why i was obviously being tested to see is he good enough and i've kept passing all the tests uh but it wasn't if it wasn't for peter sims i would have never had that platform or the position to go out and do that yeah, it's an old cliche everyone everyone judges you off your your last fight your last form your your performance mm -hmm. in camp you know outside of camp etc i mean yeah more so kind of outside of the camp the, the conversations that have been going on in the the boxing world we had obviously last weekend sam jones come out and say with yourself and cody davis as yeah. a potential British title eliminator. Would you say that's not eliminate a fight for the British title for the British title? Yeah, because he done a, a he was meant to have done a final eliminator. I already won my final eliminator. I'm mandatory for the British. Of course, then uh, the purse bids went out for um, me to fight for the British. But obviously, Boatsy has moved on. Yep. and he's vacated the belt. So then it was um, okay. Who's next in line? Um, at that point, obviously, you got the golden contract going on. All the boys from that are tied up into the tournament. Yeah, and then um, then. Um, surprisingly, out of nowhere, we've got two eliminators, the Cody Davis Sacchelli one and the Ricky Summers and someone else yep. one. Um, and so I saw it was scheduled by the board as a final eliminator, but what threw me off is because final eliminators 12 rounds, they only done 10. Yeah. So, um, and we've seen with final eliminators in the past, Dylan White, he's had plenty, hasn't he? And 100%. You know, things haven't you know materialised in terms of that 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 confirmed shot for a world title so. exactly so i've just got to sit and be patient i don't mind if whoever we get we get oh get myself ready prepared um and go i'll go and pick up my title and yeah that's what it's about i'm just waiting for the dance partner so i can get myself prepared and go out and win that title It'll be a good year for me um if it was someone like him that would be two unbeaten fighters in a year three top prospects and two titles i've won in in the space of a year British yeah. and WBA Continental so it'd be a good year to finish the year to go and go to have my Christmas dinner and put my titles next to the turkey <laughs> yeah. and, and what did you make of the performance I mean we'll, we'll get on to the Frank Warren card um, but as I said specifically there were two fights in your division Shakan Peters versus Dex Spellman mm -hmm. which was actually a rematch from the UB Ultimate Boxer fight yep. and then we had Cody Davis versus Zach Cherry mm -hmm. but two super middleweights coming up to light heavyweight I mean 
from each performance do you see the fighters and was there anything that made you think yeah I want to mix with either one of those guys or did you say to yourself like there's this guy I definitely want next um the I'm gonna start off with uh, maybe let me start off with the first one Dex yeah. Spellman yeah. Shakan Peter shout out Shaq for the win yeah. um Shaq's my guy like I like Shaq I know him Dean White yeah yeah I know Shaq very well he's a good guy Mm. Um, and both of them credit to Shaq for winning Mm. but Dick Spellman put up a hell of a performance too it was a cracking fight right yeah they both performed brilliant yes you know Um, I know he didn't get his hands raised in the end Mm. Dick Spellman because Shaq um, Shaq put on a hell of a performance to win Mm. but he still you yeah. know, I think most light heavyweights, if mm. he boxed them on that night, yeah. he would have beat them. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, so that's why you got to give Crack Shack <clears throat> a lot of credit, and you got to give Deck a lot of credit. So both shout out to the pair of them. I thought mm. they both put a tremendous performance on. Yeah. And um, sh- um, Deck Spellman's no mug. Yeah. He lost in Dolma boxing to Shack. I was mm. there ringside for that. Funny enough yeah. as well. <laughs> um, um, even that was a good fight. But it's over three rounds. You mm, can't take a lot from it. Yeah, exactly. Um, a lot goes on. And a lot goes well. on. It's scrap because you're rushing. Yes, you get exactly. caught with silly shots and stuff. Yes. So you won't take a lot. And the other other fight um, is the Scott Westgarth one. He lost. Rest mm-hmm. in peace, Scott. Yeah, yeah, um, um, and you know what I'm saying? He bounced back from that and he mm. went out and won the English title. He beat yes. the English champion. So we know obviously he can't be a mug. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Shaq's then going to beat him. So he can't be a mug. So I just think them two are very good fighters. Yeah. Um, I believe that the other two um, mm. I don't really know a lot about them yeah. it was probably like Zach I've watched before because he yes. boxed Umar yeah, um, so fight as well. yeah it was a good fight as well yeah it was a good fight the thing what I noticed about Zach in because he boxed a guy I boxed before mm. Adam Jones so sometimes when I watch mm. Adam Jones I just tune in to see yes, how the it. other prospects <laughs> yeah, yeah. get on with him yeah. and he loaded everything in the kitchen sink in the first mm. two or three and yes. then Adam Jones started walking him down the mm. last couple of rounds um, I noticed he done it with Umar he dropped yes. him he um loaded everything in the kitchen uh, sink yeah. and later in the rounds he was getting walked down exactly, yeah, then yeah. you notice that Cody Davis he dropped him mm. um, loaded everything in the kitchen sink first three mm. then for the rest of the five years in survival mode mm. so for me um, saying he's probably going to have to look out with his team um, but I did go to have a little peek at them in the weigh-in mm. to have a look you know cameras Size sometimes lie box rec yeah. lies I'm a lot yes. shorter on box rec than they tell yes. everyone which is good yeah. so um, <laughs> I want to see what it's like and what I saw them Mm. And the first thing I looked at Zach Shelley, I thought he's definitely still a super middleweight. Yeah. Yeah. His body structure. Mm. Cody Davis looked like a big guy. Mm. He looked like he could settle mm-hmm. into the light heavyweight division. And I think that was the difference stomping ground between the two. I mm. think he just was a bit um, strong for Zach yeah. um, in the later rounds. Mm. It's true. Yeah, I think as well, when you look at those four guys, you know, the, I mean, Shakam Pitts is a bit of a freak of nature, really. Isn't yeah. Six, yeah. Six, six foot six. Seven, six, six foot six. Yeah. six big six, guy. Seven, big guy. Then obviously you've got Cody Davis, who we all know he's got the credentials. He he's you know boxed for Wales. Amateur. He boxed you know yeah. a quite a good level at amateur. I think it was a GB squad, wasn't it? GB well? squad as well. So he's he's kind of you know dived into that into that realm. Mm. Um, and Zach Chelly again, like you said, there probably isn't isn't a natural one seven five. So no. I mean, if you look at these guys, if they're empty in the tank, knowing that they ain't the biggest of light heavyweights, what problem does that give them when they come up against someone Proper like you? light heavyweights? Yeah. Well, it'll be a different ball game, I believe. But um. We don't know till we get them in there. Mm. Um, I believe that, as I said to you before, one thing is why after the Bukaloni fight is, I remember one thing because Bukaloni is a very clever guy. He had said the fight week. I remember him specifically. It stuck with me. He said I moved up from super middleweight. Yeah. He said it takes about just about eight months to a year till you grow into the weight properly. Mm. And I thought, nah, nah, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> and Can't tell me I noticed <laughs> that as you look at even my body structure from. 
my first one back to my fourth one back I've grown and developed into the weight it does take time mm. it doesn't take a good camp yeah because mm. anyone can make any weight just eat loads of food and whatever but that doesn't mean you're going to perform well and you're not grow- balancing the, not, the yeah, nutrition with not, the, the actual boxing with the activity boxing, exactly yeah. so when you grow into the weight properly it takes a period of time mm. so I'm not sure how they would get on but Cody looked like a big guy so I'm not sure um, I don't really know a lot about him to be honest the first time I kind of watched him yeah. if I'm honest so I don't I can't really vouch on him I've not really seen a lot of him yeah, I suppose that kind of gives you know a lot of fighters a bit of confidence knowing that you know it's not like the amateur scene where we've seen guys turn over pro because there's that that gap between say got your flyweight and your bantamweight 52, mm-hmm. 57, 59 yeah. you've seen a lot of guys they can't even that fraction of weight they can't just you know chip away chip, yeah. and make the, the weight comfortably mm-hmm. you've probably it's probably actually looking at your career the way it's unfolded it's probably a positive knowing that you know you, you can still perform well at 168 yeah. when you go up to 175 yeah. you know you, then after say you know 6, 10, 12 months to be honest because you look at when I was at 168 um, although I say I weren't performing I left 168, 10-0 in the Southern Area Champion yeah, exactly. so <laughs> that, that speaks for itself so, and that's without my punch power or my energy yeah. system but that's because the one thing I've always had is tremendous boxing skills. Yeah. So um, obviously we grew up in the era of Floyd and stuff, and mm. we appreciated good boxing, the art of boxing. But as I was doing that, I realised that just boxing skills doesn't pay. Yeah. It's all about people want to see something dramatic. They want to see true. someone get knocked out, or they want to see you know they want to see it's like the, the old, rough and tough. Yeah, exactly. They so, want to see more of a broad and real yeah. boxing. Which so is that's why when I turned to light heavyweight, I switched mm. my style yeah. and just started getting them out of there. Yeah. And you know, and I think. That's my fan base has grown a lot mm. more yeah. since I've started to just dispatch of them. Yeah. Is that retracting from the the boxing uh, style? We, we we know ourselves that you you carry you know uh, an array of different skills. You know your repertoire mm. of punches, yeah. but knowing that you've got that performance element where you, like you, you touched on earlier, mm. coach about these big deals with the zone, mm. seeing the guys in the states looking at him and thinking we want him over there, wants mm. excitement. Do you feel like you have to? To please a certain kind of group of people not with your performance or do you kind of just stick to what you know and the, no, you the can't. rest will you can't to be honest we're in the entertainment business if you want to do that go to the amateurs and go and win some medals mm. um because at that no, it doesn't care it doesn't matter how you look as long as you're coming up with the with the goods yeah. everyone's like oh he won that mm. oh he's our champion yes in this business it's the mm. entertainment business yeah. listen why did boxing die for mm. so many years yeah. clearly because klitschko was the king of the heavyweights yes. when you get these guys like that mm. and they're jabbing and grabbing no one's tuning in yeah. and if no one's tuning in <clears> you ain't got an audience it's not sport. a mainstream because the money's yeah. not generated yeah. when you got the likes of anthony joshua and mm. wilder then turned over and started mm. getting everyone out of there and becoming champions yep. that made everyone tune in everyone started seeing that's what everyone wants to see knockouts yeah, yeah. and it's and it's the truth um i know it's it was a, it sound, a yeah. bit um it was probably the the message wasn't delivered in the right way by chisora parker when he flipped out at the, uh, yeah. the press conference recently he was he was right what he was saying is that look they want to see us big guys knock each other out and yeah. you kind of have to half agree with it even you though you say it's not a title fight mm-hmm. that fight is propping up the card just as much as probably the progress Taylor is propping up his card to make mm-hmm. it a pay per view fight. So yeah. I feel he delivered the message in the wrong way, but I totally understand After, what yeah. he was trying to say. Yeah, and they said after, what he what he say, after AJ beat Klitschko, Klitschko, that it was back. And what he means is the end of the era of the Klitschko era. Exactly. The jab and grab now is back to heavyweights back to knocking people out. I mean, you're seeing him against, um, even when he just beat Spilka recently. Knocked him out cold. cold. And look, everyone was like, that fight was brilliant. We loved it. Like, look, a couple of fights ago, he lost to Dylan White. Yep. Um, 
everyone was like, you're done. Mm. Throw, put, pack it in now. He's like, why? You lot are so negative. You take one loss, you lot think you got to pack it in. That's not how it works. Yeah, and Chisora's yeah. always been kind of the, the victim of that, really. Even when he fought, you know, Fury, Klitsch. David Hay, Klitschko, Vitali. Like, he was always played down as that person that if he, he didn't turn up to a fight 100% prepared and mm-hmm. lost, he's yeah, done. he's done. But then look, he comes back, knocks Spilker out in yep. fashion. Everyone's ranting about him again. And do you know what? It's as sad as it sounds like. I will watch all sorts of kind of boxing because I'm not just a boxer. I'm a boxing fanatic. Um, I'm a fan as well as a, a participant. Yep. But I've sat there and watched it with a lot of casuals. And I know great fighters who are effective what they do. And fans are like, he's rubbish. I'm like, he ain't rubbish. Yeah. I'm like, he's good. Look at him. He's slow. He's boring. They don't want to see all of that. And it's like, um, also with a smaller weight, a lot of casuals don't like watching small weight sometimes yeah. because they think it's not going to be a knockout. But they don't understand. Someone like Josh Taylor, he will, he can knock you out. Yeah. He's he's strong. He, he can punch. He's a good operator. But a casual just sees a lighter weight and they're not going to tune in. Now they see Chisora um, against Parker, they they know there could be a knockout. So now they're going to tune into that. So a lot of people might come to the arena for Tajora Parker. Yeah. So he's saying, look, I'm sending out the whole place pretty much. I need a cut of the pie. Yeah, we are going to talk about those purest fights, the Taylor Pro Gray. Um, I think, is it uh, Nui Danae is another one. Mm-hmm. But uh, as you said there, you're a, you're a fan. You welcome all boxing. You, you're quite inclusive to the, the boxing game. Mm-hmm. We had a press conference <laughs> in America. This week, KSI, oh. Logan Paul. <laughs> I got, I got a touch on that man. Yeah, no, hundred percent. What's, what's, what's your, what's your thoughts? Um, like, shout out to them. They're very smart. As I said, professional boxing is a business. They generate a lot of money. Um, they, they sold out the arena last time. Not even professional boxers, two hard head guards. Yeah. Um, they sold out and done loads of numbers. Um, Eddie Hearn's a businessman. They generate a lot of numbers and a massive audience. All the kids, all the YouTubers, all the kids watch these YouTubers. So, um, 100% all the kids are going to tune into that boxing show yeah. now. now. That gives a lot of money generated back into the boxing and good for matching boxing's business. Also, people on that TV card now going to get exposure. Yeah. You know, I remember when I was fighting Jake Paul and, um, you know, I go into school sometimes and things and... Or I talk to my niece and nephews, they might have their friends over and they'll be like, oh, who are you fighting next? And I'll be like, oh, Jake Paul. They're like, Jake Paul. They're thinking I'm fighting a YouTuber. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, who's that? What, Jake Paul? You're fighting Jake? I'm like, who's... You know, like, that's all they care about. So it's smart to kind of bring them in the boxing world. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose, like, you know, sometimes boxing can be a bit of a, a funny one because, I mean, me personally, when I watched that KSI fight, I think you thought that Joe Weller, I didn't... I didn't take really much from it as in i didn't think it was a discredit to the sport yeah. i thought you know ksi's got a little bit of technical okay he's yeah. not of the same caliber yeah. of, of the the elite guys your lomachenko's your canelo's etc <laughs> well i'm nowhere near that or domestic or domestic even but mm. you, you, i think a lot more people probably would like to appreciate this kind of new new phase of boxing where you're attracting a younger clientele you're getting people to come in mm-hmm. younger people from youtube streams mm-hmm. uh channels coming in to to to, I suppose, uphold the, the purity of the sport, yeah. whereas a lot of people have probably put it down as it's going against this yeah. this pure, well, as patriarchal... A, as a purist, it won't excite you. 
Um, so I'm a purist. It doesn't excite me, to be honest. Like they, as you said, they had a press conference. I think I saw a few posts maybe on Instagram. I, I didn't pay attention. I have not watched the press conference. Yeah. The first fight, I still ain't watched the first fight either. Yeah. <laughs> it's not really saying what to I'm a boxer. I like the real boxing, real raw boxing, two talented guys. Um, I know it's because these guys know the YouTubers. I don't know them. So it doesn't it doesn't draw me in. Yeah. But um, that's what I say. I can see why they've done it on the business aspect. But for the purists... When I don't think a lot of purists would be that interested. Yeah. Back to yourself. Um, big fights hopefully will come soon. Uh, we're still waiting for a a date and a, I suppose an opponent location to be dropped. Send me the location. Send me the location. <laughs> anyway, Russia, <laughs> Moscow, fancy, America. Fancy not to chill a bit. Oh, I'll be there. Just send me location. <laughs> so actually, that's that's a good point to to, to raise. And I, I I wanted to get in with the KSR logo, but we'll move on. Yards, obviously, his performance again. Another guy in your division. I really want to get your thoughts on your division, but Yard specifically, Yard versus Kovalev. Thoughts on that fight? How it went down? Uh, where should we start? We jump straight into the meat of it. Meeting it, yeah. Of the meeting it, yeah. Why not? Uh, basically, the fight itself, good fight. Mm. Um, I think Yard put up a good performance for himself. Um, I think there was things that people probably thought that, oh, maybe if he gets hit. It could be chinny, it could be this, it could be that. He answered a lot of questions. Mm. He went out there, he gave his all, um, and that's all you could ask of him. So he put he put it all in the line. Mm-hmm. He'd come up short this time, and he'll learn from it and come back again. Did you see a more technical side to Yard this fight, knowing that the the expectation, the pressure on him, or did you kind of see that resemblance of his his kind of cautious but yet so unpredictable style? Um, I think I don't think I'd you know Yard Yard has a good punch. Um, variation. Um, he's a very good counter puncher. Um, I've known Yard for many years. We sparred many, many rounds. Um, he's he's a good fighter. Um, I feel like um, he, I think he had a game plan, and I think the game plan was to take Kovalev to the relate rounds. Yeah. So I don't think he went out to display so much of what he could do skill-wise and that. I think he had one game plan. Yeah. Not one game plan. I think the main game plan was to draw him into deeper waters and get him out later on, yeah. which he nearly did. He mm. drew him in. As we knew, he'd get tired by the sixth. He did get tired by the sixth. Yeah. Seventh, he saw him break, breaking down a little bit. He got six, um, instructed to go and get him out in the eighth now. He put everything in it. Uh, two punches away. And he then his engine ran out. And then from then, obviously, it was a downhill spiral. But mm. it was um, it was a game plan that they went to execute, and it nearly pulled it off. So credit to him, he tried it. He rolled the dice. We come out short this time. Yeah, yeah. I think mean, two points kind of because we we spoke about it a few weeks back, saying, well, I didn't give Yard many rounds. If I'm being completely honest, I think Kovalev, yeah. I think he stamped his authority on the fight. Mm. But do you kind of feel like when you don't have that necessary that killer instinct where he had him rocked in the eighth? He didn't, you know, poise and just go for the, the go for the juggler. Do you think that's a lack of experience or just a lack of calculation? Knowing to beat these these elite guys, you need to have a bit more. Then it was it was experience. I think it was mm. it was a lot of experience because I think like um, when you've boxed in hard fights, I think like you understand sometimes when to maybe step off and step on, step mm. off and step on, um, and it was his toughest fight, and it was um, he was then had to go to that place where he needed to go back into the experience basket of uh, previous fights of what he should do now and he'd never been put in that position so it was um, 
it was an unsurety thing of what I should do now. Yeah. And some fighters, when they're unsure in that position, um, they'll go two ways. They either just take their time or they just go for gold. And he had a decision to make and his corner told him, go for it. He was unsure, so he went for it. Mm. And maybe it wasn't the right... It, it could have been the right plan if it landed a few more shots or he didn't get tired, but it, it wasn't I mean, it was t- it wasn't far... F- I mean, to be fair, yeah. it wasn't far away and... I know you said it's true. He didn't give him a lot of the rounds, but I have to say I didn't feel that he was overwhelmed or really, in my opinion, heavily dominated. I think, yes, he was getting beaten to the jab, but I think, in my opinion, I don't think he was trying to lead with his jab. Um, I think he was more focused on the body. We kind of know that's Korolev's weaker areas. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that was the game plan to eventually just totally unload. Probably there was just a lack of experience. Okay, I'm not a fighter, but just watching it, I felt probably that was just the only lack of experience that he showed. But... He rolled the dice, as you say, and he yeah. almost done it. So I he think, really done it. again, yeah. sometimes a loss can give you as many plaudits as a victory. Yeah. And I yeah. think that was, in my opinion, one of those scenarios. And where regardless of whether it was a that. knockout, brutal knockout defeat, going mm. maybe eight, nine rounds, or even the points mm. points defeat, I think the way you kind of channel that negativity when you're going to have people coming back to you saying, well, it wasn't competitive. I don't think Yard did himself unjust. I thought mm. he was he stuck in there. Mm. But I just think Kovalev... He's not necessarily an overbearing fighter, mm. but he's a guy that can definitely keep you at bay. To be fair, shots. I think yeah. he's gone in there. His game plan was <laughs> never ever to go in there and win the fight on points. Yeah. So I think like, yeah, Kovalev probably did win nearly most of the rounds. Mm. Um, and Yard got the eighth round, but he got that eighth round because that was the game plan. Yes. Get him out. That's what I mean. Yeah. And he thought that was the time. And he thought, that's so. the time. So he yeah. had the game, as I said, that was his main objective, his main game plan. It just, just come up short. And, mm. This is where it could be. It could be the maker. It could make him go back to the drawing board and say, "You know what? I could have done this better. I could have done that better." Mm, and exactly. comes back out and he's a different fighter. And and again, I, I mean, I have to be honest. I just felt, you know, going into the fight. I know Kovalev is a bit of it was the season champion, but I just mm-hmm. felt, you know, going to Chelyabinsk, you know, not really in terms of uh, the the quality opponents Yard had had. I didn't think that it was a big jump. I know Ward, uh, Andre Ward said it, but it was the truth. It was a big jump. Yeah. Um, so I have to give him full credit, and I think I'm glad he's come back. I don't think the criticism's been too hard. I no, think look, in these so. kind of scenarios, and Craig will sit here and I'm sure say the same thing. If you're a fighter and you don't believe in your ability, mm-hmm. then just give up because 100%. you need to believe in yourself. Okay, when it, the bell rings, okay, you might not win, but you need, <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you need, need to be to, going you don't believe that you're going to win, you have no chance yeah. of You have no start. chance anything. Yeah. Exactly. Well, you might so. do what the, that bloke did when he, they run the bell and he just walked. He climbed yeah, out. Was, um, I forgot <laughs> the guy's name, but he fought FA Jaguar. Dude, one yeah. thing about him, I always admire him from when I boxed with him in the amateurs yeah. and robbed and stuff. Um, he's always been composed, he's yeah. always confident. Yes. If he's going to fight, he'll be confident he'll be when he confident. fights. There you go. So he's always had that relaxed yeah. aura about him. And we saw that as well, I think, when we went to body power yes we saw the exact same you know composed composed talks to people doesn't doesn't get too um overwhelmed by the the exposure i think just knows that even i would even say probably he was a bit too chilled i was watching him (laughs) (laughs) but it was good you know there's no date diva behavior remember the water the luggage Mm -hmm. all those kind of antics and he was kind of just going i remember we both boxed in championship and um we'd both obviously i met him previously we both won the box cup together Mm. I want it light heavyweight. He won it a cruiserweight. Mm. So we kind of, I think like we both got awards and there was about three, four of us out of the hundreds mm. who got pulled aside. Like you yeah. lot was like the four best in the tournament. Nice. So we kind of like, 
looked at each other like, mm, who's, who's this, this? guy? Yeah, 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 yeah you know? Yeah, yeah. But um, so after that, shortly after that, we then met again in the championships. Mm. Um, as he was doing cruise, I was doing like heavyweight. And mm. then we, he is from East London, obviously I'm from South. Yeah. So we met in the London finals, we was all mm. there. And I remember like, I was like two bouts or something before him and mm. everyone was like, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, oh, London final, I need to win this. <laughs> thinking, what's going on here? And he's cracking joking. I'm like, bro, you know you're in like a couple bouts after me. Like, why are you so chilled? He's yeah. like, bro, like, what it is? And yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm like, yeah. I need to pick up that mentality because right <laughs> now I'm just, I'm just uptight until yeah. I get my victory. <laughs> Different you know? personas, isn't it? And exactly, and I was going to say that. So we've got a uh, caller <laughs> on the line. Um, we're going to go out to 734, 734. I think I know who this is. I want to say Dwayne. Hello. Hey, what's up, guys? What's, what's going on? Is that Dwayne? Yeah, 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 yeah man. Oh, Dwayne, you good? I'm good, I'm good. Yourself? Yeah, yeah, not too bad, man. Not too bad. What's what's on the brain? A question or a statement? Uh, I guess just a statement about fury, really. Okay. Go for it. I don't know. I guess it's, it's an example of why taking those kind of bum fights are, are, are not actually good because if you get a tough night like that, <laughs> you know, it can, it can have like a negative impact on your on your, on your brand, really. I mean, even if Double's kicking off in the BT studios, kind of going to have like an internal impact on the team, etc. <clears throat> Don't like it paid off too much this time. What was your thoughts on those comments, uh, Dwayne? I mean, John was very kind of vocal about uh, getting Tyson to step away from uh, the corner and I suppose having brought, you know, guys on board for the camp, being out in the States, not having the accessibility to his son... Do you kind of understand where he's coming from, or do you think it was a bit harsh? His, uh... I think it's a bit harsh when you consider the performance against Wilder and the performance against the other bum. I can't remember his name, but <laughs> you know, I think it's a bit harsh. That's it, Tom Schwartz. But um, yes, yeah, so I think as far as saying he should cut the camp off and all that stuff, get rid of Ben Davis, I think that's a bit harsh. Yeah, but it's still it still ultimately is a bit of a negative on fury to have a tough night against someone that no no one really knows in boxing if that was like if that was a fight against like dillian white or you know what i mean someone a bit more credible then he wouldn't really get no negative criticism but because it's like again someone that no one really knows no one really knows or cares about you know it's not, not really good is it yeah no no i i, I hear you on that i mean do you, would you give him any benefit of the doubt? Um, because the cut was quite bad. Um, would you give any benefit of the doubt to the cut in terms of how it would have played with the tactics? I mean, when I watched the fight, I didn't watch it live. I caught up with it. And I was impressed by Wallin, but I didn't know whether I was just saying, well, I didn't really give Fury a lot of criticism. I was thinking, well, actually, Wallin's really risen to the challenge. But I think the f we saw a different Fury. And that, I don't know, would you not blame the cut at any point? Well, yeah, I mean, you can't disregard the impact of the cut. But at the same time, even Ben Davids confessed in interviews post-fight that Fury didn't look right in the locker room before they even came out. Yeah, that's right. Mm. So feet, I guess... But yeah, that's right. He said his feet didn't look... He looked a bit heavy on his feet, etc. And some of the comments that his dad made that there weren't a lot of sting in his punches is, is, is accurate because having a cut on, on your eye is not going to take your power away. It's just going to have an impact on your vision. So... It seemed like he potentially wouldn't have put on the greatest performance anyway. Who knows what was going on behind the scenes, etc. But again, as I say, you have a tough fight against a credible opponent. You're not going to get that much backlash. Mm -hmm. But you have a tough night against like a nobody. 
that's the risk that you run with fighting these kind of fights, you know. Yeah. Craig, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I believe I, I agree totally with what you're saying. I think that's a hundred percent spot on. I think when you fight them sort Not of right. fighters, I think like um, you need to just be getting them out and making a statement. Mm. And when you now end up having yeah. a tooth and nail with them, it, it doesn't look good because then you start comparing that fighter to the other top fighters. Imagine he fought an AJ. Imagine he fought a Dylan White. Imagine mm. he fought a Wilder. They would have got him out of there. So mm. now it lowers your stocks. So the 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 risk to it is is really negative. Mm. And um, I feel like, um, and it's just it's a game of I believe that everyone who um, like there's fighters in the heavyweight division who are boxing tough fighters like Tyson always gets to Anthony Joshua but when you look at his resume and who he's fought he doesn't get the credit of people like oh who has he fought but then look who he has fought in 22 fights he's boxed top <coughs> positions way before his time and in Tyson Fury people say oh he's the best in boxing yeah. but he won't then go and he ain't bought, beat as much top oppositions as an Anthony Joshua so yeah it swings and roundabouts, doesn't it? Brings yeah. it back to that kind of entertainment factor, doesn't it? Because if you if you kind of judge Fury of his his uh, his last performance, like no one's going to really kind of say, "Oh, that's a that's a worthy you know selling point to mm-hmm. the wider boxing fans." You've got Joshua, who's been in one of the most thrilling fights of of the year and mm-hmm. the most eagerly anticipated rematch of mm-hmm. probably the last ten years. Yep. You know, but yeah, I, I agree with Craig. I think mm-hmm. he's. Uh, I think he doesn't get enough credit for his resume, but the, also the casuals doesn't don't really tune in to um, Tyson Fury as much. You do mm. get a few casuals, and you get obviously all the boxing fanatics and that who yeah. appreciate the skills. But I think like um, as I say, they want to see knockout, they want to see explosion, and I think that's why casuals, grandmas, mm. little kids, everyone watches the likes of someone like AJ yeah. uh, instead of Fury, mm. or oh, potentially even a wild. I mean, I do think, and just to mm. kind of follow on with that point um, I find it interesting because I still feel that the Ortiz fight I do feel Wilder will get him out of there mm-hmm. but it's dangerous things can happen and I think going back to Dwayne's point one of the dangerous things for Fury now out of this fight is that he's got this cut yeah. which is, looks very big the same plastic surgery potentially he's out for a while maybe um, and everyone's probably going to be start focusing on well if Wilder fights him Wilder's going to focus on that area yeah but I feel even five months from now that mm. would have healed you feel I'll be like um if you think about it, he doesn't have to start sparring for another, say, three months. Mm. So even if he wanted to train, it doesn't mean he's got a spar. He could do pads, he can go for runs, he can do all that sort of stuff. Mm. And then he can get a bit more hands-on technically towards his sparring, mm. closer towards the date. So I believe like five months from here, yeah. it shouldn't really affect him. That's what we hope so. But it seems, the, the rumours are that, yeah, potentially we're looking at pushing the February fight back. Um, no, because of he was talking about Wilder wanted to fight yes, someone else. Exactly. And he was saying that he's contractually has to fight February 22nd. Mm. So if he breaks that contract, then Wilder mm. doesn't have to fight him no more. Mm. He wanted to get a fight and in you know December. What? Mm. Just, just to add to that point that you guys just made there, if, if they do officially push it back, in my opinion, it will be more so because they're now concerned that, you know, Fury might, might actually be right for the Wilder fight as opposed to the cup. 100%. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's why he wants Joshua next. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you've also taken... But then the thing as well... Yeah. So, sorry, the, the thing as well is that if Ruiz beats AJ in December, then Wilder would probably be happy to just say, I'll oh, fuck the Fury fight and just look straight for the Ruiz match. They're both in the same um, PBC Al Heyman scenario. That'd be very easy to put together and just fuck off the whole Fury fight. 100%. It's mm. true. 
Yeah, I think as well when you got Ortiz to contend with, I think they were saying something about December. Wild Ortiz, whether I see that as being like realistic. November. November, November yeah, I heard, yeah. So yeah, I, I do. I think I think you definitely raise. Because um, for me, I feel Wild is not going to be ready for February from November. No. <clears> so that's why I feel that he's 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 looking to he's looking for a way out. Yeah. And I know, I know everyone's saying the contract signed, but I do think there is an angle potentially. Like how Heyman's a very smart guy. I think there's a way out. He'll get out. They will exactly, and it's especially if Joshua beats Ruiz. I think the key here is Joshua beating Ruiz because I think that's where the biggest money is. Yeah. I don't even think the big money's with Ruiz Wilder. Um, I think he will no. go for it for the belts. Yeah, but, but I think the money is not there. The money's not there like Joshua. Um, so. Uh, um, Dwayne, just wanted to get your thoughts on um, uh, not next week's fight, not this weekend's fight, but fight in the future. Sean Porter versus Errol Spence Jr. You looking forward to that one? Yeah, that'll be a good fight. You know, that'll definitely be a good dust off, as they say. Um, you got you got Porter in his aggressive ways, and he's coming forward with his madness, head button, and all this craziness that he does. And then you have got Errol Spence with his aggressive nature, power punching, body shots. That's going to be an explosive fight, man, because none of them have got quit in them. No, that should be a good fight. I'll definitely be watching that. No, definitely, man. So, so appreciate your call. Um, any last words for Craig? Or you... um, No, not really, man. You guys just hold it up and, you know, we all love boxing and let it be. 100%. No worries, appreciate the support, right. as Cheers, always. Appreciate the support. Yeah, yeah, bless, man. Bless. Yeah, so um, I, what I wanted to talk about, actually, and it's going back to the light heavyweight... Um, it was an announce, announced last week that Canelo is fighting Kovalev. Yeah. Um, that's a quick turnaround, to be fair, since the yard fight. Um, when you heard that, I mean, obviously, do you think, and this is probably a bit harsh, but would you say, like, Canelo's probably doing a bit of a cherry-picking within the light heavyweight division out of the guys with belts? 100%. Come okay. on. We know he's over the... Yeah. No disrespect. He's, mm. he, he's done. And so we're just here to, like, I think he's cashing out now. Yeah. And Canelo's just trying to just cherry-pick <laughs> and pick... Because he wants to say I was a light heavyweight world mm. champion, super middleweight world champion, mm. middle, etc. So it's another weight division you could put on his list. Yes. He wouldn't go and fight a Bivol. He wouldn't fight That's a Baturbev. He wouldn't fight Fox, none of them. He, got, he was too Stevenson, small for all of them. He's not, but even yeah. Stevenson before that. Yeah, he he's too small guys. for all of them and they're still fresh and ready yes, to go. Exactly. He's just getting over the hill. We know that Kovalev's going to fade. Got high six. mileage. Yeah, and he's going to get him out of there, I think. Mm. Does Canelo get any extra credibility for stepping up to this, to this new, I suppose, New Horizon, where you've got, like you mentioned, there's a Baterviev, there's a Bavol, there's a Kavozic, guys that are, you know, still fresh in their in their careers, young fighters. No, but yes. Do you know the problem is, sometimes you could be, I know it's going to sound silly, but sometimes you could be too good for your own good. Yeah, yeah. So no one will give him credit because he's so good, they'll be like, yeah, you're expecting to beat Kovalev. Yeah. But if a man, another man from like middleweight or something stepped up, even at overhill Kovalev, I'll say, oh, he's a brave man. Mm. You know, if yes. Andrade stepped up, you'll be like, oh, wow, yeah. he's really stepped up here. He's mm. going for it. This is interesting. Yeah, even Billy Joe Saunders, yeah right? you'd feel, whoa, he's stepping yeah. up all day to like everywhere. Yeah. Wow, like he's mm. risk. But where Canelo is so good, mm. you're just like, oh, come, we know you can beat him. Yeah. So we're not going to give you credit. Yeah, it's naivety in a way because, like, okay, Canelo, he's he's proven himself. He's a, I mean, uh, a special fighter, but. Mm. It doesn't matter. I don't think it matters. We've seen it with Pacquiao when we've seen you know fighters go up to uh, to fight Pacquiao from lower mm. weights, and Pacquiao has just proven that he's just too good for them. So mm. I think mm. with this one, it's a bit of a comparison in terms of different different stages of their career. You got Kovalev, mm. who's at the end, mm. you could say end, with, yeah, with yeah. respect. Which, not, look, you, look, let's break down mm. facts and exactly. it's it's 
he was unbeaten in how many years? Ridiculous. Something unrealistic. Yeah. You look at his last six fights. Mm-hmm. He's lost three of, before a yard. He lost three of his last six exactly. and got knocked out, stopped in two of his last six. And even six. the guys that he beat, one of the things I was saying why I thought yard could win was the two guys he beat, they were all over, they were both over yeah. 34. Yeah. So I felt it wasn't like it was fresh. It wasn't fresh guys, and that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. And even when he won his belt back, it was on points. He mm. wasn't a crusher where he used to. After getting stopped. After getting stopped, yes. and he's nicked it back on points. Yes. Where he used to the crusher with devastating right hands coming in, jabbed. Yeah. He was just trying to jab, move, mm. box, and go back to his yeah. uh, raw boxing skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so no, I, I totally agree with you on that one. Um, so last, uh, last point before we move on. Um, I guess we quickly spoke about the likes of Devin Haney. Um, I mean, do you feel, I want to say the real deal, but obviously after his fight, he's called out Lomachenko. Do you feel that, you know, from what you've seen and what you've heard of him, do you think he's really that guy that could really become the zone sort of figurehead in the US? Mm, as I say, the casuals will go by mm. what the top guys say. Yeah. They say he's the next big thing. I like Everyone that. will say he's the next big thing. Mm. So to build him as a brand... Mm. We know it ain't gonna be hard for a good promoter. Look, Eddie's a very good promoter. Mm. He'll promote Devin Haney very well. Yeah. And look, look how quick he's turning around. Mm. A year ago, who was talking about Devin Haney? No yeah, one. it's true. Yeah. Eddie got hold of him. Yeah. Now he's yeah. the best thing in world boxing. <laughs> 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 so, of course, anybody if they're promoted right can mm. be promoted yes. to be a star. Mm. It just depends on who the guys at the top want to make the star. Yeah. Um. Right now is his time. Mm. Um, whether or not he'll go out and then get put in a test to prove that mm-hmm. and be able to uh, keep at that level, yeah. it's a different story. We don't know until he's there. Mm. So we can't really have an opinion until we see him go through the fire. Yeah. I've got a bit of a mixed feeling on, on I suppose, the similar to Tiafima Lopez, mm. Devin Haney. These guys, I think, although they've been brought under the, the matchroom wing and the top-ranked top wing, mm. they've been put into a division where at the top you've got Lomachenko you've got Komi mm-hmm. and if again like you said earlier like what if you're gonna if you're gonna prove yourself and have that those experience fights not cherry picking like mm-hmm. a lot of the US fans who have probably seen Haney and these guys through the the GB uh, sorry the Olympic cycle um, in the US they want them to to really kind of step up to the market yeah. mm-hmm. know exactly what what level they're gonna be performing at so I can't I don't see why Haney or Lopez should be going backwards they should be looking at each other looking for a fight between each other mm-hmm. maybe th- next year how yeah, many has yeah. David Haney had now 20 I want to say 20 something yeah 24 20. I think 24 yeah. fights he's got a lot of fights he's now he's at, at that level exactly yeah so that's what I think is the fight that I just called was it for an eliminator yes yeah. so that he would fight I want to say Lomachenko he's got to fight one more yeah Lomachenko yeah because he probably boxed the world eliminator probably yes. has to fight a final eliminator, eliminator. yeah so um, and then the last one because we keep we keep talking about eliminators. Your man, um, I want to get this. Uh, um, Dillian White, Master Chef. Were you supporting him last night? <laughs> I ain't had a chance to catch up on it yet. Yeah. Don't kill me, Dill. <laughs> <Yeah, I'm laughs> <not. laughs> I ain't had a chance um, to catch up, and I saw a little bits and that. I saw he had gone through. Mm. Um, I'm interested to catch up on that though. Yeah. Um, I'm I mean, seeing a bit just... of an unfair advantage here because I'm thinking like he's coming with the spices, he's coming with the um, flavors, and we're seeing with... his contemporary. And yeah, he's, he's, he's yeah. bringing us all the smoke. But I just want to <laughs> say, but talk to me about Dillian White in terms of. Um, I know a lot of the South London guys. We met them. They've been on the show. He's. I'm not going to say influential, but he, he he's a bit of a rock in terms of giving opportunities 
giving exposure for guys. It sounds like he kind of takes say under the wing, but talks to them, talks to them. So, in your words, like, what does Dylan White represent to the guys down at Miguel's Peacocks? Yeah, like think? he's taken these guys um, under his wing, mm. signing them, he's given them opportunities that mm. they never had before. A lot of them was on small hall ticket shows, no one knew who they was, mm. and he signed them. He's got them on the big platform. He's got them on Matchroom put them in big fights mm. and said, look, you want the opportunities, here you go, prove yourself. Yeah. Here's the tough fights, now the rest you can do yourself, but I'll give you the platform. Yeah. He mentors them, talks to them, makes them believe in themselves and, mm. you know, he has camps with them, he trains with them, they train alongside him and they yeah. get ready to go. So he's got a good relationship with them and he looks after them. Mm. Good, and any, any chance of seeing you on uh, Smoke Sundays in the future? Ah! <laughs> we saw it, was it Chris Congo and uh, Freezy, they had a little bit of a spat. They've had a spat for ages. And and we've seen fighters with yourself going back and forth and we've seen the business was taken care of in the ring. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'll take, you see me, I'll take care of my business. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he wants, all the smoke. So, Craig, listen, appreciate you coming in uh, this this evening. Um, Look forward to seeing some news from you in the future. Hopefully we get to see you out this year if not obviously early next year keep ticking oh, away definitely got to be this it's year that's <laughs> what I'm going to say but you know how the boxing game goes though yeah. we're early in September yeah. and before you know it I think Matchroom have probably got about three bills in the UK yeah, got, so was it next show's in Italy you've got this, you've got the September one September which is a pro league then you've got the folk, um Felix Castro was on the one announced today. The Manchester That's one. the Manchester. And then I think, I'm presuming they always do a December card. There's so going to be two more cards. Two more cards, yeah. yeah. So there's an opportunity. Potential return to York Hall? Um, nah, not by yeah. what I've heard. It ain't going to be York Hall. He's bigger than that now, man. No, no but what I'm saying <laughs> is like, because obviously headlining the York Hall, like we've seen it with Sonny Edwards the other day, like mm. a guy that's probably, you know, on the, on the, on the fringes of a, a world title shot, if you put mm. it into... Perspective. There's a yeah. there's a potential room of a Shoeshida fight uh, between himself. So yeah. no no disrespect, but yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's it's definitely something you can look at. Did as you a... know that I basically headed the mm. first ever next gen show for Matchroom? The one that was at York. Yeah, well, cool. York one that had yeah. me and Alan Higgins. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And um, Chamberlain was on that. It was it was Chamberlain. Cash was on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Harlow wasn't on that one. No, Chamberlain, Ch- Cash, Cheeseman was on Bellotti. it. Yeah, Bellotti, Bellotti Bellotti as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cheeseman fought the American guy on that card. Was it Cost? Was that Cost? No, that wasn't Cost. That was, one. Cost that was uh, another Chamberlain. guy from overseas yeah. who was a good fighter, but he beat yeah. him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've done a few of them. I'm, I'm, I must be in the next generation now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm upgraded next time. generation, eh, for a, a few times now. To be fair, though, but it's about, like we say, it's getting that experience, getting that jump up, especially that you've moved division. I think yeah. that's probably one thing that we'll probably forget. Okay, I upgraded at Super Midway now to upgrade the live. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, we're going to make a move, but I just want to say, everyone, for listening, uh, for the past, present and future, thank you very much. Do not forget to subscribe on YouTube and like on Facebook. Yeah. show will go up tomorrow. Appreciate all the fans. You can find us everywhere. I'm going to let Tom do the honours at... No, I just want to firstly say, if you want to shout out your... Because uh, I know you've got... Uh, the, you, he's, he's coming. He's coming. Oh, yeah, yeah. The <laughs> yes, merchandise, yes. you know. Nice. And, you know, i got to shout out you guys, you know. You lot supported me Thank from a uh, long Appreciate time, you know. Yeah. You know, you've bought merchandise. You've bought tickets. You've yes. bought, you know, you guys... You we'll really think so? You lot of real, oh, real guys. You Appreciate know, that. I got to say that because a lot of people, you know, um, they're in the boxing world, but they don't keep it real and do mm. their part. But you guys, man, yes. love all the Appreciate time. That. Love, much man. love for that, man. Family. So Instagram, where can we find you? Underscore Craig Richards. Facebook, uh, Craig Richards. And Twitter. Craig L Richards. Ah, ah there we go. <laughs> so listen, appreciate that, and we're out, guys. Take care. Enjoy the boxing this weekend. Uh,